What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy and subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, Mike C-Rock. We're up in this house today. With my man, John Malott. Guys, uh, this is a gentleman that uh, I've been familiar with from social media, watching from a distance. He said he knew who I was before this as well, but Clubhouse is where we really got connected. And I just reached out and said, dude, I got to get you on here because we got to find out what makes you tick. So John, welcome to the What Are You Made Of show. Man, thank you. C-Rock, it's a pleasure to be here, bro. I, I was just saying, we've been in the same kind of atmosphere for a while. So it's, it's cool that we finally connect, man. Your reputation preceded you. So I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thank you, man. Thank you. And uh, you and your beautiful wife, I see all the time on, on uh, social media. And oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you know, but you got the tats and then, and then your beautiful wife with you. And it's just like, that gets attention, right? And then people want to know more. So you just started a product called Snap, which we're going to get into in a second here. But before we do that, we have a ritual on the show of asking our guests, John, what are you made of? <laughs> I'm made of tenacity, bro. You know, that tenacity is the word because I just keep going, man. I just keep going. No matter whatever's what's been thrown at me, which has been interesting a, a lot. I've been knocked down so much. I've been, you know, looked over, pushed aside, you know, shoved that uh, I just kept going, man. I, I always say I was just too stupid to quit. I was just too stupid to give up. <laughs> I refused to let in. I, I'm made of a whole lot of tenacity. And now today I I'm sprinkling in some positivity. I, my daughter, I got four daughters. They're saying I'm getting soft. Crap. I'm, a little, I'm a little soft. Yeah. By the way, if you have four daughters, you know, you got to get rich, bro. You know, night vision, dude, I didn't know that expensive. about you. I didn't know that about you. I got one and it's enough, man. Jeez. Oh, man. Yeah. Four, four. That's why, look, this, this hair, it's not supposed to be so white, man. It's not. At supposed least you to have it. White. At least you have it, son. <laughs> well, my forehead, my forehead's getting bigger. My forehead's definitely getting bigger. Well, so with tenacity, and I'm sure some of the things that came your way are stuff that, you know, you had no control over, but others like myself, we make decisions sometimes that lead to some stupid stuff that happens, but I want to dig deeper. You know me, man, I go deep. I want to find out what you're made of. So take us back to young John, where you grew up and some of the things you went through that you still fuel off today. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You know, my, I don't have all the things that society says you're supposed to have to be successful. My uh, my first felony arrest, I was 15 years old. <laughs> I, I, I robbed a movie theater at gunpoint, and that didn't turn out so good for me. I, I end up, you know, most of my teenage years, I was locked in a de- uh, juvenile detention facility. Uh, when I was released, something that we now know today as the crack epidemic had hit our neighborhood pretty good in the 80s. And, I, you know, I always where, wanted where, to be this where, cat. Where, where was that? I, I, grew up in, I grew up in Milwaukee, on the south side where, of Milwaukee. Okay. Okay. And uh, I lived between Milwaukee and Chicago most of my life, but bo- born in, uh, in Milwaukee in uh, most of my, my time was there. And then I always want to be this capitalist. You know, all my, you know, the guys in my, there are two types of people in my neighborhood, the capitalist and the consumer. And I thought, okay, the capitalist, he's got the cars, he's got the girls, he's got all the stuff that I thought I really wanted. Uh, but I didn't get the memo, uh, don't get high on your own supply. And at 17 years old, I had a heart attack from smoking cocaine. 
there were some circumstances around that, that that led me to being locked in another facility, but this time it was a drug rehabilitation program uh, for juveniles, uh, troubled youth. And in there, this is where everything changed. So this was, it was the blessing and the curse. Like I had nothing at this point. I had already destroyed all the relationships around me. Nobody wanted to be around me. I was just a complete mess. But there was a former outlaw motorcycle gang member by the name of Dave, and he was a counselor there. He was now helping kids. And it was the first time I, I got around someone who wasn't like preaching at me and telling me I ain't not, you know, because everyone around me was telling, was reinforcing. I'm a loser. I'm a drug addict. I'm a criminal. I'm a gang member, all this stuff. He was the first one that, that said, look, man, you're whatever you want to be. He said, you're here because of you. You blame the police. You blame the teachers. You blame your dad. You blame everybody. But it's you. You made an appointment to be here. And he said, for you, that's the bad news. He said, the good news is, oh, you can make a new appointment and I'll show you how to do it. And he was the first one, man, that really saw more in me than I saw in myself. And he said, quit being a baby, quit being a punk. You know, he had used a lot of other words. And then he gave me a book. He gave me a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And that was the beginning. I didn't even know this kind of information existed in the world, man. And it, it like opened up this whole, it, it took me a while to digest it and to kind of get it because some of it seemed kind of corny and, and, and weird to me. But little by little, I started to grasp some of these concepts and, you know, it planted that first seed. Then he told me, I'm like, bro, what am I going to do, man? I'm not built for sports. You know, <laughs> I'm not a brainiac. I don't have all this stuff. And he said, business. He said, I'm telling you, business is your way out of the neighborhood. Business is your way out of this lifestyle and the circumstances. And I still didn't believe it then, but that seed was planted. You know, it's funny because uh, C-Rock, later on, I wrote a book with Les Brown called The Power of One, The Motivational Speaker. By the way, terrible, terrible book. His part, less the part was great. My part sucks so bad. If anybody wants it, I'll send it to you, but only use it for like fire kindling or something. <laughs> but it was Les Brown that would talk about once your mind is expands, it can never go back to its original dimensions. And that's kind of what happened, man, because I grew up in this household, my brother and my sister. My sister died at 21 years old from a heroin overdose. My brother's been in and out of prison his entire life and still it struggles massively with, with drug addiction and everything else. So, so it's weird that. One person out of out of three, you know, takes this completely different path. You know what some people would say, I got lucky or whatever, but it's just, you know what it is, man. What are you made of? You're made of the people you associate with. You're made of the uh, the information you're putting in your brain, you know, these things that you hold on to. And, and that's what I think shaped me so differently from my siblings and most of the people in my neighborhood. And it had such yeah. a big impact. And what you do consistently every day. Consistent. That's the thing, you know, cause you know how we get, man. One day we got the lighters out. We're like, we're going to the top and then, it, then, you know, then something goes wrong and we're like in the fetal position, sucking our thumb. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, woe is me. Life sucks. Yeah. Yeah. You ride that roller coaster too much. You know, life is too short to be on that roller coaster, man. You, yeah. you will wake up one day and like, damn, I just pissed away <laughs> half my life. That's what rocket fuel is all about. We don't play that game. Like we, we get that feeling in us that, that setback feeling hits you sometimes. Or when it does, it hits you in the chest and you're like, oh, as soon as we feel that feeling, man, we teach and train on like acknowledging right away, accepting, and then figuring out, looking for the opportunity immediately, because that's what it's there for. It's not to hurt you. Anytime that yeah. stuff happens, it's designed to wake your ass up, but you got to be ready for it and proactively understand that concept. So let me ask you a question. You glazed over uh, holding a movie theater up at gunpoint. I want to hear a little, I never get a chance to talk to criminals that are past criminals. I should say you're not a criminal yeah. now, but people that went through that and what they, what went through their mind. Like, I'd love to hear what you were thinking at that time. Obviously you're young and immature at that time, yeah. but, but do you remember it all? Like what went through your head and while you were doing it, what was going through your head and afterwards? Man, I remember it like it was yesterday. It's, not, it's one of those, you know, 
things you'll never, it was a redefining moment in my life, something I'll never, never forget until the day I die. And, and, I, and I, I always say, look, the movie theater got robbed. It was their fault. Of course, funny now wasn't funny then, but I was a young person who was very disruptive everywhere I went. So when me and my buddies went into this movie theater, we didn't go in with the intention to rob the movie theater. What, what they did not know is that in the, I used to uh, wear this Louisville starter jacket, which represented the colors of our neighborhood. And in the back of that jacket, I sewed a towel into it, which housed this 44 Magnum I used to carry around, which was, the gun was bigger than me. I, you got a picture. I'm a skinny little white boy. I had a Jerry curl. I just, you know, I didn't, the neighborhood, I felt like I was dropped into a, a foreign land because I didn't really fit into the neighborhood. The neighborhood looked way different than I did. But anyhow, the long story longer is, we were disruptive. And then the movie, the guy came up and he said, look, you guys have to leave because you're disrupting everybody. And I, and, and it was, they, were, they had the flashlights to tell us to get out. And, and he basically, I said, okay, we'll leave, but I want my money back. And then he said, well, look at your ticket stub. It says no refunds. I said, well, then give me everybody's money back. And that was the beginning of a complete gotcha. disaster, yeah, gotcha, as you gotcha. can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, and that's how I ended up, you know, and I'm next thing you know, the police are, I'm running through this parking lot. And then of course I'm caught and, and then my friends, my good friends, you know, of course, right away pointed at, everybody pointed at me, you know, all the big gangsters that never talk were squealing like pig, yep. you know, little, little piglets yep. to get yep. out. Yep. So it was, it was an interesting time for me. I learned a lot too, because I caught on very quickly people that I thought were my friends, maybe were not so much. And um, yeah, yep. it was it was difficult. One thing, one thing I, I wanted to hear that because now I now I understand something and this is a great lesson in business and in relationships, but like, are you more worried about being right or being successful? And, and that goes for relationships, business, that situation right there. Like what was the, the ticket money? Like 15 bucks, maybe like, yeah. it's like, would, are you more interested in being right and winning or being successful and getting the hell out of there and living the rest of your life? Right. But these yeah. little lessons appear to us all this is a big one with relationships with marriages, dude, marriages, people fight all the time in their marriage because they're more worried about being right than having a happy marriage and see being, Man. you know what I mean? So I'm glad you went over that with me. Um, yeah. But- I, you know, we talk about all the time. I talk about with my kids, would you, you, would you rather be right or rich? And it's like, you want to make excuses or you want to make money. You can't make both. You got, you're gonna have to choose a side and, and, and roll with that side until the end. So I, I love that you said that because that, that's a common theme and most of my young life was about being right. It was ego. It was like, yep, yep. you know, you don't know me. I get my res- all this stuff that led to, to destruction all around me, wakes of destruction. And now I bite my tongue and I let people talk. I let them do what they want to do, say what they I, I just I know where I am. I know what my principles are. I stay within those lines. I don't give a lot of lip service to it. I just keep rolling. And, yeah. and, I, and now I'd rather be rich than right. It's all <laughs> it's distraction. Yeah, it's all distraction. Yeah. So then from there, like when you were growing up, then, you know, Getting out of all that, and the guy said, "Hey, business." Dave said, "Business, man. Business is what." What was your first venture that you got into business-wise? Well, so I wasn't completely. I still kept one foot in the hood, one foot out. At 24 years old, it was my final felony arrest, and sitting on the bullpen floor in the Milwaukee County Jail, I had stitches in my head because I had an altercation with the police as all this was happening. But two things happened. It was July 4th, 1993. So if, if you know how this court system works, which I know you do, and probably some of your audience members do. I knew I was not going to court for a while. It was a holiday weekend. So I sat on a bullpen floor packed. Uh, I sat there for four days waiting to go to court in this miserable last room. And two things kept replaying over and over in my mind. As I was being handcuffed and let out of my house, this time I have a two-year-old daughter. And I look back and she's screaming. She doesn't really know exactly what's going on. She just knows the house is in disarray. 
and daddy's being let out by all these men. And, and I'll never forget, we must have caught eyes, could have been more than a second or two, you know, but it seemed like a lot longer. But sitting on that bullpen floor, her face crying, screaming, just kept replaying over and over and over in my mind. And the other thing, and now I have a tattooed on my, on my arm, Dave used to say all the time, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And he said, he also went on to say it wasn't always about money. There was other things that were involved in that. And I, and I, I didn't know where he got the quote from. It didn't matter to me, but it stuck to me. So when I'm sitting on that bullpen floor at 24 years old, my daughter's face screaming and crying, and a good man leaves an inheritance for his children. So here I am. I'm supposed to be a grown man. I can't even take care of the one daughter I got. Now I'm about to face potentially some serious adult, you know, criminal time. And I was miserable, man. But it, here's, you know how it is if you ever drank too much and you're over the toilet and you're praying to God, just let me get me through this tonight and I'll never drink again. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I became that guy in the both. I'm praying in my mind, like God, or whoever, Allah, Buddha, I didn't care. Whoever was out there, if someone's listening, get me out of this. And I will never, yes, I was a criminal. Yes, I was all these adjectives that people use to describe me, but I will not be that person. And when I finally got through that mess, which, of course, you know, the justice system is the wheels move slow. So it took a while. Mm -hmm. But eventually I got that behind me and I never got arrested again. I never did drugs again. And it became my mission in life to turn it out. Sadly, it took me seven years (laughs) of being a good boy to uh, to crack one hundred thousand dollars in a single year. Man, it was my first my first year as a full time entrepreneur. I only made four thousand dollars. And I was and I was out there trying to make stuff happen. But I had, a, I had a price to pay. I paid a price when it came to incarceration, and I had to pay a price because of the deficit and the hole that I had dug for myself. My credibility wasn't there. My, you know, all these things, I prayed the mess for myself. My first venture was a network marketing company because I was a janitor. I was working for General Electric as a janitor. Nobody, you know, no respect, terrible jobs, scrubbing other man's toilets, paycheck to paycheck, miserable. And then a guy approaches me and tells me about this opportunity and that he thought I would be okay. I was shocked that he thought I like, he was obviously lying, but I went yeah. to this meeting and they said, come on in. Well, I joined a network marketing company and I had no clue what that meant or what it was about. But I was introduced to a guy named Jim Rohn. And uh, some, some people know Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins mentor. Jim Rohn had an incentive to mentor me because if, I'm, if I made a sale, he got an override. Right. So it was an interesting dynamic that took place. I was being mentored by one of the greatest philosophers of all time. And then other people came into my life. But it really was the first time it was an equal opportunity. opportunity. They didn't care about my background. They didn't care about any of that. Now, I didn't do so great in the beginning, but I had to push up all this negativity, negativity. And it was slowly disappearing. So 4,000 my first year, 16,000 the second year. The seventh year, though, I cracked one hundred and sixteen thousand dollars. Then it was the eighth year over 200. Then it went a million, then 2 million. Then I, you know, I was you know, bringing a quarter million dollar month residual income without rolling out of bed. So no, nobody talks about that seven years of pain. You know, me yeah. rolling through yeah. the neighborhood in my Pontiac 2000, two-tone, one-tone rust, one-tone dirt. Nobody, nobody's here. <laughs> I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's Mike croc.com forward slash book go get a copy and share it with your friends and family it will change lives guys i will not let you down now back to the show what was the product back then it's funny because how it was a a satellite one of these big old analog dishes (laughs) and then you had to install it yourself and you got one channel and it was a personal development channel with like les brown zig ziglar how did i never hear about that dude because it didn't work (laughs) (laughs) 
Damn. Nobody cared, man. Nobody cared. I thought people, because I'm like, you mean I can get this information pumped into my living room? But no, it apparently nobody wanted. But then here's what happened. That satellite company got bought by Primestar, so it turned into a digital deal. Yep. So now that. we we could sell four HBOs. We could sell three Showtimes. It changed the game, man. We were putting up satellites all over the hood. Yeah. And <laughs> because so people didn't care about personal development, they cared about you know four HBOs. So when it when it started cranking at hundred thousand, and and then on from there, that was the same product. No, so so what happened is that company got bought by a company called Prepaid Legal, which was a legal insurance yep. company of, yep. of, of all things, me to be a legal insurance company. And then I, I lost the majority of the people that were with me because they couldn't get. There was a licensing process; they had to get insurance, and half the people couldn't get through. I barely got through the thing, and but but that's where another area. I met a whole another group of people. Paul J. Meyer, billionaire Paul J. Meyer, came into my life and really started the art of giving. You know, service to many leads to greatness. All the, these different. This was a billionaire, and I always thought, you know, I always thought if you had big, big money, you're always like money, money, money. This was a guy in his 80s who was working eight to 12 hours a day, but he gave away 100% of every dollar he made. He said he was working for one reason, and that was to give his money away because he got a selfish feeling of giving away. Which Damn. I struggled with it for so long, but now I kind of get it, man. I get it, man. When you know how it is when you when you yeah. help somebody or lift somebody up. There's yeah. this weird, and he and he used to describe it as a selfish feeling that he had for yeah. for giving it, stuff away. It, it is, yeah. Uh, it was so. Brian was Brian Crothers in that. Yeah, yeah. That he was the best man in my second uh, wedding. Brian oh, Crothers get out, really? Yeah, because yeah, he's yeah. from Maryland. Here, I'm in Ocean City. Oh, Maryland. yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian and I used to be very close friends, and then he hated me when I left that company. Uh, now we're now we're on on terms again. But people, gotcha. it's a funny industry sometimes how people get if you, yeah. you decide to go. So I'm direction. in the mortgage industry. It's the same thing. Like we've part ways sometimes we're like best of luck but then you still just don't you Weird. don't click with them so all right so then you got into that and then started making it and then what like were you good with money when you started making it because you didn't come from a place that like <laughs> do you mean was i good with money in in terms of like buying gold chains and, and rims on yeah, the yeah, yeah 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 i was good with that it that good yeah. yeah i was really good at getting rid of it as fast yeah. as i took it in like if i made if I made a hundred thousand, I was good at spending two hundred thousand. So yep. I was just broke at a higher level, bro. Yep. You know? Yep. And then what? I was. When, when did that change? Uh, that changed when the IRS called. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a whole nother. <laughs> and I problem. realized, yeah, that that pay Caesar first, pay Caesar his due. Yeah. And that money wasn't mine. So when I, because you know how it is, you're an entrepreneur. I'm getting a hundred percent of the money. Seems mm-hmm. like okay, I made that money. That's my money. And well, when the IRS came a calling and. And I owe them a big chunk. I started yeah. catching on. That's when I Robert Kiyosaki came into my life, not personally, but with his books. And one of the things he said, I, it was in Rich Dad Poor Dad, I believe. And he talked about getting a bookkeeper as one of the best investments ever. And I'm going to vouch mm-hmm. for that because after that miserable experience, I got a bookkeeper because that's not me, man. I'm a fire ready yep. aim. Let's just yep. go. And numbers were not my thing. So I got a bookkeeper that was just, she was, on my, I'm spending here, spending there. And then she would reel me in. Like, look, you got to do this. We got to start paying. And then we created an S corp, and so then I was tied to a salary. So, like, no, you're only getting this much per week. Yeah. So you don't blow every nickel you've got. Right. And then right. I caught on, like Paul J. Meyer. He used to talk about his his money. His money would get out of bed before he did. He put overalls on his money, and what he was talking about is investments. And so yep. I started really when I was getting all this cash flow. I said, well, okay. And I said, that's when I started buying businesses, publishing companies, mixed martial art, cage fighting companies, real estate company. I was. I did everything, restaurants, nightclubs. So that's when I started getting better. I started taking my cash flow and putting it into businesses, 
which were either producing more cash flow or building building equity yep. for me that I was able to parlay into now major, major investments and things like that. And what is in you that makes you want to keep going? Because like, look, I know what I know what's in me. I probably know the answer, but I just want to share it with the audience. Like when you wake up in the morning, you have enough that you could probably just do something, you know, come on, man. Like you do whatever you want, right? But <laughs> yeah. what keeps you going and building and creating? Well, you know, it's gifted. And I had to think about this a lot because I'm launching a new company that I've, I've put eight months. In, talk uh, about that too, by the way. All right. So I'm launching a new company, which at first I'm like, am I just a complete idiot to do this? Because I have a great life, man. I sleep until I'm done sleeping. I come and go as I want. We travel well when COVID's not messing with us. We do, we do whatever we want. Uh, but I, I went through this uh, three-year stint of strip clubs, nightclubs, five, six nights a week, popping bottles, traveling all over the place, just thinking I'm a big baller. I really was an idiot. And I burned through tons and t- millions of dollars. And I got nothing. There was no fulfillment. I had a lot of leeches. I had a lot of pe- hanger honors, smooches, and, and got no fulfillment out of it. And I made a decision. It was 2016. It was my August 31st. It was my birthday weekend. I was heading out to a club in, in our old town community here. And I made a decision before I went out that weekend. I said, this is my last weekend doing this nonsense. I'm going to go party heavy for my birthday. And then I'm completely done with this life. And so for me, it was because I was starting to not like myself. I was doing all this shallow surface stuff. And I had all these shallow surface people around me. Dude, I want to get back to impact. You know, I, I was like, I live for watching people. Like when I made $20 million, my team made $100 million. I get a charge out of that. So I got back in the trenches and couple things. I also have daughters. I told you I have four daughters. Yep, so they're yep. a big driver for me. Like I want my daughters to be proud of me. I don't want my daughter, you know, my daughters know they, they, they call me and say, daddy, be careful. We know you're going to the club tonight. You know, I don't want my daughters to see me as that guy. And yep. uh, so I made a decision that I want to get back to what I do best. I want to do what's, what's inside of me. I want my daughters to be proud of me. I want to help other people. I want to contribute. And that's why even like my mentoring programs, we created mentoring programs and I gave all my stuff away. I was like, I, you don't have to pay for my stuff. Matter of fact, now, I'm mentoring people. I'm saying, look, I'll pay you for me to mentor you. Just join my company and we'll work side by side and you'll get real life yeah, on, on people e-commerce, yeah. drop shipping. You know what I mean? So I got I got this mission, man. We want we used, I used to have this title that they would call us in our in one of our companies, the millionaire maker, because we are we are we had 220 million a year coming in. We were uh, in eight countries, South Korea was exploding, people were hitting this million dollar a year mark like crazy. And but some of it went to my head a little bit, man, you know, that kind of money that fast. And you start to believe that you're something in, and I just had to humble myself. And now I have, you know, ego is the enemy. Well, you know, I'm getting old, bro. Cause I'm tattooing all this stuff on me just to remember, man. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. You got any Zig Ziglar's on you? <laughs> man, I got so many quotes. It's, I don't even know what I got obsessed. It's just everywhere. Legacy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Place, I man. love it, man. No, I love it. What, what's the one or two good lessons that you learned from Jim Rohn? Like just off the top of your head right now. Oh man. It's uh Jim Rohn changed everything. I have one of my, one of my tattoos right here. And it, it basically said, you know, let others, let others live small lives, let others cry over small hurts, you know, let, let others complain, bitch, all that, all that stuff, but not you. It's always, but not you let them do it. It's uh, I, I learned tolerance, you know, which when you turn on the media, it seems like nobody's tolerant anymore. We, we don't tolerate uh, the other political party. We don't tolerate the other race. You know what I mean? And so I learned, I learned from Jim Rohn, you know, tolerance in a big way. Man, there's so many lessons. I, I learned, I learned duplication, which we now know is scaling. He taught me to simplify everything, to dumb everything down to its lowest county. Not talk to people 
Don't use big words that to make yourself sound like you're you're because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. I, I started looking yep, up words yep. and I'm using these weird <laughs> words. They didn't fit my personality. My buddy's like, bro, don't drink the Kool-Aid, man. What's going mm-hmm. on, man? So I just he he taught me before we had to start teaching people on social media to be authentic, which is weird to me that we got to teach people this. He was really big on just be yourself. He says, look, stop trying to be someone else. Be who you are. Some people, may, a lot of people might not like it, but that, it's not about them. It's about you being authentic, being who you're supposed to be here. And those are some of the some of the big lessons. Growth. You know, he, he always used to say things like uh, there's a reason why they make those kindergarten chairs so small, you know, because you know, we're expected to grow. And, but some people stay in that kindergarten mindset. So for me, a lot of it was around growth, you know, let's become something. And he would always say, you're going to get uh, about what you've become. So some people, their money go, grows above them. Like they, they get all kinds of money, but they didn't grow. You know, yep. lottery, I think lottery yep. winners are the great yep. example. Yep. And it's not long before that it comes crashing back down to their mentality or even worse. Yeah. So I learned always be growing, always be growing as as much as I can moving forward, moving forward. I love that, man. Well, look, to wrap this up, first of all, before I get into my last question with you, how can my audience engage with you further? Man, right now we're, I've canceled everything. Uh, I've sold a bunch of my companies, except for my private jet company, because I like, I like flying on my jets, but um, almost everything else we've, we've got rid of because old snap active lifestyle is where I'm putting it all in because I believe here, cause we're going to build, we got a, an amazing ambassador program. We're bringing people in and we're teaching them the skills that, from financial literacy to scaling businesses, leadership, team building, all that. So that's where I'm focusing my energy. So if somebody's looking to make some supplemental income part-time from home or, or they want to make some significant income, we got a great, I believe we got the premier opportunity because that's what our focus is. And we're bringing in a new technology, a delivery technology for health and wellness that people are blown away by. And we've got about you know, $10 million of, of infrastructure wrapped up in this. So we're not playing games here. But the best place to reach me on anything is probably Instagram. That's where, that's where I, I manage that myself. I, I engage with everybody there. And it's, it's just at john.malott, J-O-H-N dot M-A-L-O-T-T. I had to think about my last name for a second. You know, I'm getting nah, nah, I, I, I Shit. What do you think? Look at my name. That's why I'm called C-Rock. <laughs> hey, so O-Snap, by the way, guys, is it, it's actually a delivery system. The powder, whatever it is, the supplements inside of Snap, it actually snaps. And then you can pour it. You can take it to the head like John does, like I do. Or you can pour it in your bottle, your shaker probably. Is that right? That it's in yeah, it? yeah. We call them okay. snap packs, man. We're, so you, snap you, you snap it, sip it, share it is our theme. Never snap alone. And it, and is it is it called O Snap like when somebody used to say Oh Snap like, Oh Snap Yeah so is that playing, what came playing from? on that too Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love it I love we're it We're creating we're creating skits around it Man we got some cool stuff Memes are happening around it it's, I it's love fun. it brother I love it Well look so the, I like to end the show with this and the rocket fuel concept and I call it a law now just like John Maxwell's leadership laws If you oh, implement yeah. what I talk about with this rocket fuel you become unstoppable It's just a fact So taking everything that's designed to stop most people or people think it's going to stop them, slow them down and convert it into rocket fuel by storing it in your tank instead of your trunk where it weighs you down. What has that meant to you in your life? We've heard a lot about it. I have an idea, but what does it, the rocket fuel law mean to you? <laughs> well, it, mean, it means number one, integrity, you know, for me now, doing what I said I would do, commitment, keeping my commitments, you know, because there was a time where I didn't keep those commitments that the the paying it forward is probably the biggest thing for me now. It's like with great wealth comes great responsibility. And, and I didn't catch that early on, you know, to uh, if I tell you, C-Rock, you can have what I what I have, then it becomes my responsibility, not just to give lip service to it, but to say, let me show you the way or let me let me clear the path or I've already cleared the path, you know, with the machete. You just got to get on the path. 
Dude, I, I love that Rocket Fuel, the, the whole concept, because we're always talking about within our, our organizations, we're always talking about all we need is someone with a, with a spark. If they got that spark, man, we can pour fuel on them. You know, we can pour rocket fuel on them. And that spark, you know, you know what it turns out. Yep. Guys like us that have, you know, people that have come from either colorful backgrounds or interesting backgrounds or maybe didn't have everything delivered on a silver platter. I believe that there's an advantage. And I think there's a fire there that if it's ignited, man, the, the sky is definitely not the limit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, well, so um, I'm starting a uh, rocket fuel lifestyle clothing brands coming out soon, by the way. So I'm putting everything into this thing, man, and rolling with it and it. everything. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, working with you and developing this relationship we have, John. And, and uh, by the way, guys, first of all, thanks for coming on the show, John. I appreciate you, man. Looking forward to working with you more in the future. Guys, go hit John up on Instagram or uh, look for the O Snap brand coming out. It just launched this week. Go support our list, our uh, our guests, guys. That's what I bring them on here for, to provide value to you. You go support them. And uh, so thank you so much for listening to the What Are You Made Of show. Go subscribe on YouTube at Mike Searock Scirocco to watch these. Or if you just want to listen, go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. And the Rocket Fuel book is on its way out. Go to MikeSearock.com forward slash book. MikeSearock.com forward slash book. Until next time, be great. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, Mike crock.com forward slash book that's mike c-r-o-c.com forward slash book go get yourself a copy thank you so much for your support and your listenership it means the world to me thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of what are you made of be sure to check my website out at the mike crock.com the mike crock with no k.com and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode.